Arthur's Playhouse. Generally speaking, ghosts are, well, just plain spirits. Once in a blue moon, though, you'll run into a spirit who thrives on <clears throat> spirits. Tonight, Arthur's Playhouse presents Julius Fast's hilarious fantasy of a ghost with a talent for crime and a taste for John Barleycorn, my friend Merton. Go right in, sir. Oh, thank you very much. Hello, Rocky. I uh, suppose you're the guy from the radio, huh? Yes, I'm from the National Broadcasting Company. Sent here to interview you for the Authors Playhouse program. I've uh, heard of the program. Oh, do you like it? Oh, it's, uh, it's all right, I guess. <clears throat> yes. Uh, well, uh, I want to find out everything about your friend Merton. My friend Merton? Please. If I never hear that name again, it will still be too soon. Well, uh, I understand that Merton is... Uh, <laughs> you know, this is a rather delicate subject. I, I don't exactly know how I should put it, but... Um, is it true that Merton is a ghost? Don't be afraid to mention the word. Yes, Merton is a ghost. <laughs> I see. Well, uh, what do you want to know? Well, tell me how you met Merton. Uh, how you got into jail here. Well, just tell me the whole business, see? Oh. <laughs> uh, imagine me on the radio. Just uh, not a Orson Welles or something, huh? <laughs> imagine. Uh, well, uh, where should I begin? Well, uh, wherever the story with Merton begins. Huh. Well, <clears throat> you see, we were in a car, Lefty and I. When I stopped the car, Lefty got out and peeling ten bills off his roll, he handed them to me. Take this and blow, Rocky. Oh, fifties and hundreds, huh? It should hold you for a month. Get out of town. This place is too hot for you. Well, where'll I go? Gosh, I don't know any place, I guess. Go to the country. Rent an old house or something. Take it easy. Just remember, stay away from the city. Remember Shaney and Spike in case you're tempted to see the bright lights. Oh, never mind, Lefty. I remember Shaney and Spike. Didn't it cost me a cool hundred bucks for cow lilies? Gee, they had a swell funeral. Yeah, but I'm sure they didn't enjoy it. Okay, Lefty, okay. It was a pleasure working with you, Rocky. You're an artist. Thank you. Well, I pushed out of the city and headed west. Four days later, I hit Petersburg. It was raining to beat the band. I looked up the nearest real estate office and uh, then leaned my elbow on the belt. Come in, uh, come in. You must be soaked to the skin. I am. Uh, let me take your hat and coat, will you? Uh, you can go right into my office there. Oh, thank you. Now, what can I do for you? Well, <clears throat> I want a nice little house. Maybe four or five rooms. I really don't care how many. And uh, a house that is far away from anybody else. Mm-hmm. Four or five... Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, far away. I, I have just a place for you. Uh, the Barton House. Well, if it's okay by you, 
It's okay by me. You certainly do business quickly, Mr. Uh... Uh, uh, Smith. Uh, just plain Smith. Uh, just let me have the key and then tell me how to get there. Don't you even want to see it first, Mr. Smith? If the house is good enough for you, Mr. Driscoll, it's good enough for me. Now, uh, can you also tell me one more thing? Well, I hope so. Uh, what? Uh, where is the nearest liquor store? Uncertainly, Driscoll handed me the key and a written set of directions and pointed out a liquor store down the street. The last I saw Mr. Driscoll, he was shaking his head and holding the bill I gave him up to the light. Well, I picked up a week's supply of bologna and bread and a delicatessen, and uh, then in a liquor store... Uh, did you say a case of scotch? Yeah, yeah, a case of scotch. Just for yourself? Uh, <clears throat> oh, no, uh, I'm expecting some friends, see? the Barton place looked like a bridal path. But the house itself wasn't too bad. It was a tight little brick job and had a built-in bar with the, in the cellar, which uh, interested me. Of course, there just wasn't any liquor, but I arranged my scotch on the shelf and poured myself a good stiff drink. And then I had a bologna sandwich and crawled into bed. I woke up again about four o'clock in the morning, and it was still raining. I could hear the drops on the roof steadily. I liked the sound and tried to fall asleep again. But suddenly I had the feeling that something was wrong. I got out of bed, slipped into my bathrobe, and then I opened the bedroom door and looked downstairs. There was a light in the cellar. I slipped my gun into my bathrobe pocket and tiptoed downstairs. Some guy was sitting in front of the bar in a deep easy chair. He was waving a highball in one hand in time to the music. Of course, there was no doubt about it. He was drinking my scotch. Okay, bud, what's up? Boo. He turned around in his chair and squinted at me. It made me uneasy to realize that I could see through his face. I mean it. I could see right through it. He just wasn't... Well, he wasn't solid. And waving one hand at me, he murmured again, Boo! What are you doing here? Boo! Boo! Okay, okay. Stop the clowning. Now start talking. Uh, would you mind... Mixing me a scotch and soda without the soda? Well, okay. Say, listen. How come I can see right through you? I'm probably a bit tight. Tight? But, uh... Oh, I don't... oh pardon me. I, I forgot to mention this. I'm a ghost. Oh, a ghost. Huh? A ghost? Yes, you know, ectoplasm. <laughs> wait a minute, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need a drink myself. Oh, I'm not kidding, you know, really, I'm not. 
I don't suppose you're scared, are you? No, I'm not. I was afraid of that. Well, in the first place, you don't look like a ghost. Look at yourself, will you? Oh, I know, I know. A little guy with sandy-colored hair and watery eyes. (laughs) I don't get this. How come? How come what? I thought you guys ran around in sheets and scared the liver out of people. What's this setup? Tell me honestly, do you do you think a sheet would help? Uh, no. I mean, could could I frighten you if I wore one? Mm, no, you're not the type. That's the trouble. I'm not the type. Not the type. Well, believe me, I've tried, Lord. <laughs> I've tried, but somehow. Maybe I... if you laid off the booze. No, it's not because I drink. I drink because of that. Uh. Could you dish that out to me again? It's not because of that. It's because of it. That is because of that. Is, uh, am I making myself clear? Brother, you need another drink. Maybe I do. You're so nice to me. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Well, bottoms up. Yeah, yep. Bottoms up. <laughs> yes, you're good to me. Very good. People don't understand me. Don't know what it's like to haunt night after night with no one to thank them or no one to understand. I'll take the next swig right from the bottle, thank you. And it's not that that I don't try. Lord knows I'm eager, but I just can't make a go of it. Sure, sure. Uh, Wait, I'll get another bottle. Rocky? Yeah? What's your name, Rocky? Why, my name's Giraffe. Say, wait a minute. How'd you know my name? I guess I'm psychic. I can't help knowing things. Uh, come again? Psychic. Uh, I read mine. Oh. Oh, yeah. I seen a guy do that at Coney Island once. Uh, say, what else can you do? Lots of things. Now, now watch. I'll just snap my fingers. See? Half of me's disappeared. Oh, my sweet Aunt Susan. Now watch. There goes my other half. Now all you see is the glass sort of hanging in me there, right? Hey, where are you? Right here, Rocky. Well, this is... Well, this is really... Uh, how about the drink? Well... Uh, can you make that go, too? Sure. That's funny. I'll try it again. What's wrong? I must be a little tight tonight. Well, what has that got to do with it? Liquor inhibits me. I can't really express myself. But you'll see, when I'm sober, Rocky, I can make anything vanish. Anything? Yes. And uh, bring it back later? Oh, how silly. Well, of course I can bring it back. Well, that's really something. Uh, Look, what's your name? Merton. Well, stick around, Merton. You and I got a lot in common. A lot in common. Here, have another swig. Thanks. I'll stick around, Rocky. Why, how wonderful. I'll haunt you. That's what I'll do. I'll haunt you. Won't that be fun, Rocky? Yeah, that'll be ducky. You haunt me, Merton, old boy, and will we have fun? Uh, Let's drink a toast, Merton. To you and me, partners. Thank you.
That was the last thing I remembered that night. Except for one hazy recollection of Merton and me draped over the bar, harmonizing on the road to Mandalay. On the next morning, my head felt like a balloon caught in a hurricane. So I steadied myself with a good stiff scotch. And then I sat down to think things over. I didn't think too much about Merton. It made me feel uneasy. I just accepted him as he was. But what really kept me going was the possibility of Merton as a moneymaker. And the clearer my head became, the more ideas I got. So, I went down to the kitchen and found Merton there before me, wrapping a half a dozen ice cubes up in a towel. Merton, how would you like a little extra money? Don't talk so loud. Keep your conversation below a whisper. My head feels like something the dog buried last week. Where'd you hide the rest of the scotch? Uh, Under my bed. Now, look, Merton, I've got a little proposition for you. After I have a drink, yes. Uh, Under the bed, you say, I'll be right back. While he was gone, I cut myself some bologna and bread and started to think. The more I thought about the idea, the better it sounded. Believe me, it was an inspiration. Martin came back, and he looked much happier and a good deal more transparent. And standing in the door, he beamed at me. Ah, my good friend, Rocky. Sure, sure, I'm your friend, Merton. Now, look, here's the setup. Now, listen to me closely. It's, uh, well, it's very important. I'll bet my bottom dollar, if I had one, it, it's going to be something illegal. Well, let's hear about it. I explained the thing to him very carefully, uh, waiting every two sentences for him to sample some more scotch. And then I pulled my car up in front of the house and started to get behind a wheel when Martin caught my arm. Let me drive, Rocky. No, no, you've had too much to drink, Martin. I'll drive. Rocky, if I'm not sober enough to drive a car, I'm not sober enough to rob a bank. For the love of Mike, why don't you use a public address system? Well... Okay, okay. You can drive. But be careful, will you? Be careful. It was about five miles from the house to town, and when we finally pulled out onto the state highway, Martin let the car out. And I'm telling you, he was speed. It amazed me how the wheels were able to stay on the ground. <laughs> now, this is really fun. Oh, slow down, will you? You want to get us both killed? Oh, don't be silly. I'm not scared. Nothing can happen to me. Yeah, that's fine. But just remember, I'm not a ghost. Yes. Slow down, you fool. Slow down. What's that noise behind us? It's a motorcycle cop. Now slow down, Merton. Slow down. Okay. Hold on. Ouch! You idiot. I nearly went through the windshield. What sort of a... Wait. Merton. Merton, this is no time for you to pull a disappearing act. Now, Merton, make yourself visible, do you hear? Oh, Merton, make yourself visible. All right, all right, wise guy, I know. You ran in, he was dying, Jake. Say, 
What are you doing sitting on that side of the car? Look, officer, I wasn't driving. No, you were flying. I'm still with you, Rocky, old kid. Get out of here, you jackass. What was that? Oh, uh, <clears throat> well, he... <clears throat> he must have fallen out of the car. What did you say? I said, uh... <clears throat> uh, you want to see my driver's license? Yeah, I want to see it. So I can make out this ticket. Oh, now look, officer. Leave us not be hasty. Let me talk to him, Rocky. Shut up and keep out of this. Uh... I can explain everything, officer. Let go of my arm, you chump. Did you call me a chump? No, no, I said, uh... Oh, nuts, give me the ticket and let's get it over with. Yeah, we have a bank to rob before noon. Oh, so you're a wise guy, are you? I think I'll run you in instead. Now, look, officer, I Let's can... see you do it, you big, you big palooka. Oh, shut up, Martin. That clenches. 90 miles an hour, and you've got the nerve to talk back. Come on, follow me. It's a democracy, isn't it? We've got rights. It's a free country. It's a free country, all right, but not where you're going. And stop changing your voice, will you? Young man... You've heard of speed limits, haven't you? Okay, Judge, cut the comedy. What's the fine? Fifty dollars. That's fair enough. Here you are, Judge. And thirty days. Take them away. I really couldn't complain. They gave me a very nice cell. It had a western exposure, and I could watch the sunsets from my window. The first night, I won ten bucks from the warden and gin rummy. So I settled for a bottle of scotch. Things were beginning to look better. After all, I was after arrest. But uh, then, Merton came back. I was playing solitaire on my cot when one of the red tens picked itself up and settled on a black jack. I gulped and looked around. A glass of scotch was floating around lazily about four feet from the floor. All right, come out and let me see you. Come out, you anemic excuse for a ghost. Come out and let me tear your arm off. <laughs> you, you didn't think I'd desert you now, did you, Rocky? Well, I had my hopes. Oh, dear. Okay, okay. Stop being cute. Now I can see your head and arms. Desert my bosom pal, my companion of the lonely hours. Not me, not Merton. Look, either appear completely or disappear. None of this 50-50 business, if you don't mind. You don't understand my ectoplasmic limitations. Ectoplasm, my great aunt. What do you want now? Rocky, my boy, I got you into this and I'll get you out. Trust me, Rocky. Okay. You're asking for it. I'll get rid of you and fast. Warden. Warden. No more gin rummy, Rocky. The judge doesn't like it. Look, will you please get that graveyard monstrosity out of here? Get that... Say, that's pretty good. That glass suspended in midair. Magic, huh? So, you're one of them amateur magician fellas, huh? No wonder my ten bucks went so fast. Well, you're not getting any more dough out of me. Now, was that nice, Rocky? 
and me trying to help you? Hey, are those the... They sure are. Well, let me have them. Uh, first, you've got to promise something. Okay, okay, what? You're the first really friend I've ever had. <laughs> your, your hard exterior doesn't fool me a bit. Beneath that hard exterior beats the heart. Yeah, yeah, next week, East Lynn. Now, what's the point? Let me haunt you always, and I'll give you the keys. Are you nuts? I'd rather be in jail. Then for a year? No. Well, I tried. Take the keys anyway. Now, don't feel so bad. I'll buy you a drink the moment we get out. Okay, Rocky. That's fair enough. The fourth key fit, and since the warden was sound asleep, we got into the street without incident. Merton, by this time, appeared with his arms, head, and shoulders visible, but both legs still missing. I'm sorry, Rocky. Well, can't you try to bring your legs back? It just doesn't look right. I can't. I lose control when I get a little high. We found a darkly lit bar at the corner, which was empty except for a drunk and a bartender. We entered and ordered our drinks. And then a drunk suddenly looked at Merton. Hey, what do you know? This guy here ain't got no legs. He was born that way. Oh. Oh, I see. If he ain't got no legs, how does he stand up? He holds himself up. Oh. Oh, I see. You hold your tongue, and he bitter. I'll frighten you out of your pants. Oh. Oh, no. No. I'll never drink again as long as I live. No. No, I don't believe it. No. 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 Uh, hey, bartender, uh, give us another round. Now, look here, you two. I don't mind some innocent fun. But you'll have to get out unless this gentleman here puts his head back on. I finally managed to get Martin outside, and the night air seemed to sober him up. His head came back, and so did most of his legs. We hailed a passing taxi and got in. Where to, gents? You can drop me off at the graveyard. Ha, ha, ha! That's a good one. Shut up, Martin. Uh, driver, do you know where the bank is? The trust company? Uh, no. No, the, uh, savings bank. You want to go there at this time of night? Well, I, uh, <clears throat> I can't think of the address, and I'm going to the house right around the corner from the bank. Oh, I get you, Chief. You mean the banker's house, I guess. Yeah, nice folks. You know, my son Benny, he goes out with Roseanne. Uh, she's the youngest kid. A uh, nice girl, but a little wild. Spare us the background. Just drive us there. Do I guess right, Rocky? Are you going to rob the uh, B-A-N-K? Shut up, Martin. I think the driver hurt you. Here you are, gents. Uh, this is the bank. That'll be 50 cents. Now, look, Martin. That driver acted awful funny. I hope... Uh, 
Well, you get inside the bank and do your stuff. But remember, you gotta make the money invisible. You get it? Sure, sure. Uh, aren't you coming inside? No. I, I think I'm scared. All right, so you're scared. So what of it? What have you got to lose? You're a ghost, remember? Oh, yes. And besides, uh, I'll buy you a drink. I'll buy you a case. Well, that clinched the argument. Merton started up the steps. But before he reached the top, he just faded away into thin air. I lit a cigarette and leaned against the lamppost. And then a taxi pulled up to the curb, and it was the same driver who just dropped us. And a cop was sitting alongside of him. Hey, I want to talk to you. What are you doing here? Uh, <clears throat> waiting for a friend, that's all. That's the guy, all right, officer. The same guy. Only he had a friend with him last time. Well, uh, sure I did. Uh, that's the friend I'm waiting for, see? What's this about robbing a bank? Uh, can a guy around this town crack a little joke? Well, I know it does sound screwy. But you can't be too careful, you know. Now, you see, everything would have been all right. Except for one little thing. Just at that moment, Merton came down the steps. He materialized halfway down. His arms full of green banknotes. And some of them fell on the steps, and the others just blew all over the street. Well, he walked right up to me, dumped them all right in my arms, and then waved something in the air. Look what I found in the cashier's drawer. It's a bottle of rye. Uh, but what the devil, a drink's a drink, right? See, Mr. Announcer, that's how the whole thing happened. Uh, this time, they gave me a cell with an eastern exposure, so I'm raising nasturtiums in a window box. You see, uh, they need the morning sun. Uh, yes, and uh, Merton, have you seen him? Well, <clears throat> the warden claims that his whiskey evaporates faster than he can drink it, and uh, nobody around here really can figure out what's happening to it. Have you got any ideas? You have heard Julius Fast's story, My Friend Merton, adapted for Author's Playhouse by Guy Debris. Merton the Ghost was played by Mr. Clarence Hartzell and Rocky by Mr. William Bigley. Others in the cast of Author's Playhouse tonight included Mr. Norman Gottschalk, Mr. Arthur Hearn, Mr. Michael Romano, Mr. Herbert Butterfield, and Mr. William Everett. The music was arranged and played by Mr. Elvin Owen. Production was under the direction of Albert Cruz. Next week, same time, same station, Authors Playhouse will bring you Cornell Woolrich's gripping story of a haunted man. Goodbye, New York.
Arthur's Playhouse was heard in Canada through the facilities of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. This is the National Broadcasting Company.